hello there. Oh, I can't look at you. I, can't. <laughs> I find it so difficult to do the intro when I'm doing one with a friend because I just look at your wee face and I'm like... <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to try that again. Hi, everyone listening. I'm not going to look at you, Sophie. It's Alex here, dance artist with Schaefer Caper. And today I'm chatting with a very good friend of mine, a fellow performer and photographer and yoga instructor and just all round amazing person, Sophie O'Brien. Hello. Hello. It's very flattering. <laughs> well, flattery is flattery if it's the truth, my dear, that's something different. Um, so today we're chatting a little bit about the parallels between dance and yoga and how they're similar in some ways, different in other ways. We find that a lot of the challenges that we face in the yoga world and in the dance world and in fitness and performance, they all kind of overlap a little bit. So we're just going to chat a little bit about them today and about how we can support everyone, no matter what sphere they're in. So first of all, Sophie, do you want to give us a wee introduction to how you get started in yoga and dance and what came first, chicken and eggs and all that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I have been dancing since I could walk, honestly. <laughs> Ballet first, I believe, with our wee pink slippers. <laughs> and I think I did ballet, tap jazz and modern dance when I was really young because my mum worked in the dance school and I continued from age zero to about 15 or 16 I think I was in formal dance training of some kind I didn't really keep up with it at uni honestly I just kind of let it slide a little bit and then I came to work and I met yourself and the rest of the lovely talented team and show me how to actually do it properly so <laughs> I feel like I've grown a lot as a dancer in the past couple of years but I still in no way consider myself a dancer so I think yoga was good for me I found that in ooh, 2015 for the first time but I think I've been practicing regularly since 2017 and I went initially just because I wanted to work out. Actually, a friend made me go to one of the first yoga classes because I said, without ever having tried it, it wasn't my thing. <laughs> so I went and it was a good workout and I enjoyed how I got to move my body, how it was a bit more expressive and you still felt strong and beautiful in some ways that you do in dance. But the big surprise for me is what it did for my mind and how... I felt more about myself and more within myself as I began to continually and regularly practice like every single day. It was shocking because I didn't think that that would happen. I was just there to stretch. <laughs> and I got my yoga teaching qualification last year, almost exactly a year ago. And I've been teaching ever since. And your yoga poses on Instagram are pure gorgeous. Like <laughs> you're like a oh little siren in a cobra position, or it's, it's just it's just beautiful. I consider myself a bit of a baby yogurt, a little tiny fruit. If you're, if, if, I like yogurt better. That's really funny. That could be the baby okay. yogi or yogurt. So I started getting into yoga just doing it on YouTube because we did it a little bit in college, in dance college. But again, it was like, do a downward dog, into a split. Okay, that's your pasture, yoga, module type thing. Oh, honey, listen, I trained in Glasgow, okay? They don't play. But I really liked it. It was the same for me. I felt quite 
insecure about doing sit-ups and press-ups. Things roll in certain ways and things do things that they don't on other dancers. And it would make me feel quite self-conscious doing like body conditioning. But what I liked about yoga is you would spend quite a long time working on maybe the same four or five poses. We would maybe work on them for a couple of weeks and you could really see the progression relatively mm-hmm. quickly if you were doing them every day, which yeah. every weekday we were. And it just, but then once I finished my degree, I thought, actually, this is really, I was missing it. Your poses and stuff on Instagram, they make me want to go stretch. You know, I see them. Oh, really? Okay, I need to go practice. Uh, can you give any suggestions to people who might be wanting to get into yoga, but maybe struggling to apply themselves to it every single day? It's maybe a little bit intimidating for them. I'm asking for that as well, because I still struggle to do okay. it every day. So I would first of all ask yourself what is intimidating about it and at that point like once you find the answer to that once you start to unpack this whether it's for a lot of people I know for me it's been body confidence or the fear of failure or just thinking dismissing it again like I did right away that it's not for me because I don't know it it's unfamiliar All of these things, they have slightly different remedies a lot of the time, but I truly believe that there is a yoga for everyone and it's not the same by any means. So after you've asked yourself, what's stopping me? Maybe if you feel you can get past that hurdle, research types of yoga that work and don't work for you. So maybe if you've assessed what's going on and what you need and how you feel. It'll be different for everyone. Maybe you need something a bit more slow and calming. Maybe you have a lot of pent up energy and you need something like a power yoga to get you feeling like all the endorphins are out. It's probably best to start slow, like you did, like I did as well when I first started. It's great to have a look at YouTube videos because it's all just right there. And it means you don't have to go to a class and feel completely alienated if you're like the only one in the room who doesn't know how to do a downward dog. You know, a lot of people have that fear. But I can guarantee you when it does come to the point where you want to go to a class, everyone else is thinking the exact same thing. And the yoga teacher is probably thinking, oh crap, okay, I just did this move. Now I need to do the next move and keeping all this like calm exterior and being like, okay, next bit, I need to do this and that and the other. It's all like a lot underneath. So they are there to guide you. And in-person yoga is always going to be more informative and more, I'd say, educational because that's where the magic happens when you start to like practice regularly, I'd say daily, you start to see a really big change really fast. And there's nothing quite like it, like when you've been trying to get this one pose for ages and you just crack it and it's just feels right and your whole body sings and it just takes time. That's the commitment. And I think that's the scary bit is that it will take time and it is a practice. Yeah. As people, I think it's that instant gratification that I know I struggled with when I was getting into Mm. yoga because... I do pick things up relatively quickly, but there would be a certain pose that maybe I just didn't have the strength for yet, or I didn't have the right kind of flexibility for just yet, but it was my first time trying it. I would fall out of it, or I wouldn't get it, and I would go, oh, I'm just rubbish at yoga, it's not for me, and then throw my toys at the pram and never do it again. That's what I did when I was like 19, but now I'm 24, and I'm so worldly, 
and things <laughs> that now I see it as a challenge. And, and we were just chatting as we do, me, me and Sophie, are we Instagram chats that we have. And, and you'd said something that I thought was really interesting. I can't remember the exact <laughs> well, one. Well, to write in the DMs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> slid into your DMs. And it was something along the lines of, it's not about the end product. It's about the process of getting there. It's the journey of getting there. And I think that that's really similar for dance as well, that there's going to be days where it comes to you and there's going to be days it goes. And just letting that flow. <laughs> no pun intended just letting it flow and letting it happen and not be so hard on yourself if there's one day where you're tired or maybe you've not eaten enough or hydrated enough and it's not working so giving yourself a bit of slack as well absolutely but I think in in dance it very much depends what the end goal is because for me the relationship I have to dance is very different because in yoga I'm not performing and there's nobody there to watch my flow at the end of it. But if I'm rehearsing for a dance, it's always going to be seen by someone. It's always going to be displayed. And that's the difference for me because there is an end product in dance. Or do you use dance slightly differently because of the, the relationship you have with it and the therapeutic nature of your job? Yeah, oh, it's funny you say therapeutic nature. It's not felt therapeutic the last six months or so, but I, I think everyone, regardless of what job you have, is feeling that. I do know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether you normally in dance, particularly the way that Shaper Caper works, we will get a couple of weeks to work on a piece. For example, the most recent R&D that we did pre-COVID was for our LGBT piece called No Offence. And we had mm-hmm. a week to put together our ideas that we were looking at. And there was a sharing on the Friday. And whether it was ready or not, that mm-hmm. sharing was going ahead. So there is that element of pressure, I think, that your yoga mm-hmm. practice doesn't necessarily have. That's not to say not everybody, but I think there's definitely more room for just allowing yourself to go at your own pace. But interestingly, having started doing yoga more often, and particularly taking more classes in person again pre-COVID, it was helping me view dance in a similar way. So before I would be really hard on myself if I wasn't getting something straight away or I wasn't able to do something in the time frame I put myself on. But now I kind of approach my dance work similarly to how I approach a yoga practice. And I, it seems to have helped just keep everything That's a little great. bit more chilled. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. Yeah, definitely. It's a big lesson that I, I take or I have taken from practicing regularly is just not to be so damn hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to fall out of something a hundred times before your body learns how to get it right. And you need to appreciate those moments because they're teaching you something. You're not going to be able to get it right first time every time. I heard it was actually a drag race piece of wisdom and it was a Courtney Act one and they'd said, I wasn't the best, but I did my best. And I like that phrasing because what is the best in dance and yoga and fitness and anything there's different bests for different things you know I think I'm, a, I'm pretty good at lunges and splits because I've got really flexible legs however if you ask me to do some sort of back bend or a wheel it's nowhere near as clean it's nowhere near opposites. as nice as <laughs> the opposites for you <laughs> my shoulders can go like back they're freaky but my legs just don't want to some days I can't touch my toes and I've been practicing for years. Some days I just can't do it. And that's all right. And that's something I've been learning about recently. I did a, a course on human fragility. Oh, no, anti-fragility and human variation. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating. And you learn all about 
bodies and for example I can't do box splits I can't get anywhere near but I just I, I learned that it might have something to do with the shape of my femoral head and how that sits in the, the socket of my hip which means I'm never going to be able to do that but you have all this pressure and although yoga shouldn't be about an end goal I think places like Instagram have been very negative because you see these incredible girls and they're amazing yogis and you feel being in that sphere kind of inadequate in places but that's never what yoga was about it's just kind of becoming what yoga is about and I don't love that that the performativity is all there because that shouldn't be what it is yeah (laughs) that's interesting you brought that up because that's actually something I was going to ask your opinion on if you search on Instagram it'll come up with other similar kind of accounts and I see a lot of other yoga kind of accounts coming up and they all and this is no no shame no shade intended but they do all look they look quite similar they they all are completely different accounts but it's all cis female with a certain body type wearing Mm -hmm. a certain thing and there is nothing wrong with that that is valid and that is an, an, an important part of the fabric of Instagram yoga-ness that's great that but it just means that yoga Instagram-ness yeah and if you're not if you're not that then you do feel automatically kind of ostracized for example my, me and my mum were watching this thing on channel four it was called like how to beat pain or how to manage pain or something and it was taking all these different people that were sufferers of different conditions and things to help them and one of the things that they said was yoga in terms of the way that it works and how when the muscles stretch and the different endorphins that were released and all this kind of stuff very scientific and that's not my (laughs) my area of expertise but it was really interesting but my mum being a nurse had said well that's really great but you know if somebody maybe doesn't quite often with a lot of the conditions that we're talking about things like low self-esteem and mental health were also symptoms of that so if you're not necessarily identifying or finding an affinity with a yoga teacher or you just go onto YouTube or on Instagram, just to have a look, oh yeah, maybe see if there's any yoga classes near and then you see that image. Then if you okay. are over a certain age or you're not a certain body type or you're not a certain gender, it's like it can be quite difficult to see. And it's very much the same in dance. You know, you see all these kids that are like 10 years old with their legs literally around the back of their heads. Yeah. And you go okay, well, I'm 24 and I can't do that. So why am I even bothering being in this industry? And it can be really difficult as an adult still to see mm-hmm. that. I bet, but it's oh, it's just hyper-competitive as with anything else. And it's just a shame that there is such a lack of diversity within the yoga sphere because it has been westernised so strongly. Cis, white, skinny, pretty, blonde girl has become the poster child for that and I I know saying this I I know look at me I know I'm aware I'm so hyper aware so I feel very hypocritical in saying that I try in myself and in my work to try and combat that as much as I can but (laughs) no but I think yeah even just having that awareness and having conversations like this it's really important there is one practice that I was following recently we were in a 
plough position, which I think is the one where mm-hmm. you look on your back and your head, your legs are over your head, kind of shoulder stand, but mm-hmm, your mm-hmm, legs are like mm-hmm. touching the floor. And it was all cool. So it was like towards the end of the practice video and, and the, the person doing the video had said, so if you need to come out of it and, you know, just do do the child's pose and feel free. Women, your chest might get in the way. So words like that and language like that. I thought, hmm, it's a small thing, but that's enough to alienate someone who actually was enjoying this content. And I was watching mm-hmm. the videos often, whether it was intentional or not, you're not being fully aware of who's actually watching your videos here. Awareness is the first step and promoting others and supporting others that don't look and don't act like you as well is really important. Yeah. So recently I did a course on this actually of yoga for all. There's a wonderful teacher who I would recommend looking at if this interests you at all. Her name is Diane Bondi. She's great. She's just a wonderful personality. But one of the things that was mentioned during that course was gendered language and the issues we have with how we speak about other people's bodies. And it's it's quite delicate because it's not your body. And I think you forget that when you're teaching because you're so aware of your own limitations and you're so within yourself, then you say like, oh, this person taking the YouTube video, was it a woman? It was, yeah. So she might have been on her back and been like, oh, my breasts are getting in the way. Hey, other ladies out there, because I'm a lady, this might be happening to you too. And not of thought because Mm. we're very bad at thinking about things out with our own experience as people and we have to train ourselves to do that and I think it's very necessary now as a yoga teacher to be aware of the language you use there's something else um another piece of terminology for example is modifications for a pose so if you have like if you're in a pose a teacher might say okay um if you can't do this the modification is this that's not a phrase I'd ever really come across much because I always use the term variation because Mm -hmm learning in India it acknowledged that yoga the movement was as diverse as it was and the final pose was not the only pose there were variations on that final pose and that's how it's always been but that's not very common to hear on often you hear modifications and that also can alienate people and make them feel like oh well why are you having to change it for me because why can't I just do it like everyone else when that's not the case no one's going to do it like you no one your body is yours and the pose is different. Yeah, I like that term variation because, yeah, when you say modification, it sounds like this is how it's supposed to be, but we'll modify it mm-hmm. for you, you know, or like a simplification for you. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> like, don't say that. But why I like about, what I like about variation is using the word varied or various. It's, mm-hmm. it's suggesting that there is, there is more than one option And it's quite a simple change of language, but it does Mm -hmm. change how it sounds, you know? Yeah, I mean, one thing about the English language is how diverse it is and how much we derive from subtext. So it's always important to think about how we speak to people, I think. Is there anything else that you would say to someone that's thinking about starting to practice yoga or practice yoga more that you would say you have noticed a big change in? Oh, I mean... I'm sure there's loads. There's loads for me personally. I mean, I can't speak to what you'll find. Mm -hmm. It's you. You will find, if you practice regularly, this sounds so cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyway, you will find you. And that's the whole goal. Yoga 
today we see it in the western world as workouts and sun salutations and sweaty bodies in a hot room and that's never what it was like yoga now is incredible for its diversity you have a lot of beautiful fun moves that do relate it to dance quite closely but that's not what it was yoga asana which means posture so the actual practice that you probably think of as yoga is just one of the eight limbs this is by patanjali he's like the father of yoga he considers there to be eight parts asana is just one stepping stone on the bridge to enlightenment and that's all it was and when it started there were 14 postures that's it there's thousands now and they were designed to help you stretch your body in a way that would get you into a comfortable seat in which to meditate obviously it's evolved so much now but i think that's worth bearing in mind because it's not about getting your leg over your head it was always about getting to know yourself and it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think that's lovely. And I think that's also similar for dance as well, whether dance is a full-time career or it's a recreational thing that people enjoy doing. Oh. They'll, again, the leg, the developé, going away up to <laughs> the moon, just, you know, if, if it makes you feel good, then do it and enjoy it. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sophie. It's so lovely to have you and seeing your face. I'll link in your Instagrams and stuff like that on the, on the blurb. But if you'd like to see on the podcast, is there anywhere that people can follow you for your yoga performance, other things that you get up to? Yeah, absolutely. So it's at Sophie O Yoga on Instagram. And it's Sophie O'Brien Performance. If you want to see me in some funny costumes, but I hardly ever post on there these days. Sophie O Yoga. That's where I'm posting the most right now. I'll probably be in the DMs as well at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as usual, thank you everyone for listening. You can follow us at Shaper Caper on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You can also keep up to date with our other podcasts and blogs at www.shapercaper.com and we'll see you or hear you or you'll hear us again on (laughs) our next episode. Bye bye.